Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and right now I am coming to you from a swing in a playground. If you hear any weird background noises, it's because, um, yeah, because I'm in a park. <laughs> Actually, I'm out here because it has been so cold and rainy the past couple days, and right now, yeah, okay, it's still not sunny or something, but it's at least not actively raining, and I just need it to get myself outside to wake myself up, get my energy going, and so yeah, I took y'all with me. I kind of can't believe that Freiburg just decided that it's fall, like right now, because it's definitely still summer, if you judge by the calendar. But then again, what even is time this year? It's never been a real thing, and this year it's been more of a concept than ever, um, because somehow it's September, no one told me that was happening, I feel like probably we're roughly at June in my head, but reality is September. Anyway, time's a flying. this year just does not stop throwing punches, and frankly, it doesn't seem like it's going to for the rest of the year. <laughs> two things on that point. One thing is the season finale is coming up in two weeks from now, and if you're interested in participating in the season finale, I would love to have you. You would need to send me a two to three minute voice message by this weekend. So if you're listening to this on the day the episode comes out Thursday, you still have two days to contact me and send me that voice note. I'm being super cagey about what the question is because I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> but if you're interested, shoot me a message. I'll tell you the question. And then it's super fast. Just a quick two to three minute voicemail and you're good to go. I'll take it from there. Another thing about the year being weird and continuing to be weird and flying by generally. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but there is a U.S. presidential election coming up this year. It's going to be in November, which apparently is two months from now. <laughs> What? Um, yeah, so if you want to vote from abroad, first off, you can. Second off, you gotta get on it. This episode is coming at you hot with information about how and why and when and all this kind of good stuff. Our guest today, Candace, works with Democrats Abroad and VoteFromAbroad.org, and she knows a whole heck of a lot about this kind of stuff, so you don't need me to reiterate it, but I do want to just take a second and give another plea that you please please, if you're listening to this and you are an American citizen, whether you're abroad or not, that you please vote this year. Please. I'm very tired of this crazy news cycle that we're dealing with, and I'm very tired of waking up every morning feeling like, what's the bad news coming out of my country today? And there's not been a whole lot of things that I can do to change the situation. From far away in Freiburg, Germany, I have tried to do what I can from afar, but it's just, it's limited, right? So, but this is one thing that we can do. We can all vote no matter where we are living. As long as you have an American passport, you can vote. And please, just please do it. Let's please vote. It's easy. And it's a very big thing that you can do with very minimal effort, which honestly is the best kind of a thing. There's my plea. Please vote. And if you're like, okay, great, Nicole, I'm here with you. I'm going to vote. Just tell me how. All right, strap up, get your pen and paper out. Here is Candace to tell us how. Enjoy the episode. Hi, my name is Candice Karastan, and I currently live in Munich, Germany. I've been in Germany for about seven years now, uh, but I'm originally from central Pennsylvania, a small town called Huntington. 
I didn't know that you're a fellow Pennsylvanian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. This is a perfect episode to find a fellow Pennsylvanian on because we are super powerful right now. <laughs> we are. We are. Perfect state to discuss voting. Yeah. So I, first off, you're here to talk to us about voting from abroad and you are, do you work with or for or volunteer with Democrats Abroad? What's your relationship to that organization? Yeah, so currently I act as the Germany National Chair for Democrats Abroad. We have groups all throughout Germany, 14 chapters, all the way from Munich to Hamburg, like Cologne. And so we have these different regional groups. And previously I acted as the chapter chair in the Cologne Bonn chapter. A little bit more about Democrats Abroad generally. We are an official arm of the Democratic Party, so you can find us in every country throughout the world. You can vote from any country throughout the world. Um, in total, there are official groups in 45 countries in Germany, one of them, and I help organize all of our, our efforts through November here in Germany. Whoa, they're in every country. That's crazy. Yeah, Americans living around the world since the mid-1970s possess the right to vote from abroad. And it's really our mission this year to first and foremost mobilize the overseas vote. So that just means finding as many Americans as possible and getting them registered to vote and then helping them with the process of requesting the absentee ballot and sending the ballot back once they receive it. I have to say, you guys do a good job. <laughs> People might remember I did another episode about voting from abroad a couple years ago, and that episode was inspired in part because of an experience I had with Democrats abroad. So I went to a 4th of July party at a local cultural center, and Democrats abroad had someone there with forms that you could fill out to request your, your ballot. And I mean, I voted in... Uh, many, many elections since I, you know, became of age and I could, but it was typically a process that I had to take on myself and sort of actively seek out. But weirdly, living in Freiburg, Germany was the easiest time I had voting because, yeah, I went to this event and it was handed to me and all I had to do was fill out the form um, and take it from there. And it was it was crazy easy to, to get it going. So I really appreciate um, on a personal note that you guys are out here doing that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it worked. And yeah, that's exactly the goal of our organization is just to find as many people as we can. Um, and especially if you look at the 2016 race, there's a lot of room for potential. So overall, the State Department estimates that there are 6.5 million Americans living overseas. And in 2016, only 7% of them voted. Um, in Germany, that was a little bit higher. So we have a population of 120,000 Americans and about 17% of them cast a ballot in 2016. But there's still a lot of room for growth and also a lot of room for potential, uh, particularly for the Democratic Party to be what we call the margin of victory. A lot of the swing states like our own Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, they were won by very narrow margins, so 10,000, 15,000 votes. The overseas vote definitely could deliver uh, the victory if we find voters and get them registered to vote. Yeah, wow, that's kind of wild to think about. In that other episode about voting, we talked about this concept of it's almost like it's another state. And if if all of the people living abroad were united as a additional state, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, the numbers are just actually pretty big and pretty influential. It's every vote truly does count, especially in 2020. Yeah, and let's let's talk about that for a second. So you work with Democrats Abroad. I am very comfortable saying that I 95% of the time vote Democratic. But I, I think the important thing, one of the most important things for me, and I think for you too, is again, just the point being vote <laughs> and vote for 
whatever and whoever you want, but vote is very important. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's just make that explicit right now. Like I am team Biden Harris in 2020. Um, I'm very comfortable saying that publicly. And I think it would be interesting to know, do you know if there are other similar groups for like Republicans abroad or I don't know, independents abroad, Greens abroad, stuff like this? Yeah. So the largest one is called Republicans Overseas. But it's important to make a distinction between that group and Democrats Abroad. As I mentioned at the beginning, Democrats Abroad is, we count as an official state party, so we do get a, a recognition within the Democratic National Committee. Um, and in that sense, as you just mentioned, we count as sort of a 51st state. Concretely, that means we run our own state primary, which we had in this March on Super Tuesday with the global presidential primary. We just sent 24 delegates to the Democratic National Convention. So we have this state-level recognition. Republicans overseas does exist. They do have a, a slightly smaller group, especially here in Germany. There aren't too many active or at least vocal Republicans overseas. But the nature of the group fundamentally differs because it is more of a fundraising group. So it's a, a PAC or a political action committee, primarily focused on raising money for candidates. Also, since we are an official state party, we can only allow membership to U.S. citizens, whereas Republicans overseas and some other side groups about, you know, just Americans abroad can also welcome in people of other nationalities. What's the relationship like between Democrats abroad and Republicans overseas in Germany? Do you guys ever have anything to do with each other? I don't know if collaboration would be a word that's appropriate. (laughs) What is it like? Yeah, so I think since the nature of our, our jobs fundamentally differs and that we are really focused on voter registration and voter mobilization, specifically for Democratic candidates, that there isn't too much overlap. I think the extent of our interaction usually comes on some talk shows or you know radio interviews where they will want to have the Democratic and Republican perspective. Okay, so now we're going to come back to the upcoming election in November 2020. Let's talk about that. We, we talked about how important it is to vote from abroad, um, that you can vote from abroad. That's a fun fact. Um, and what does that look like? How do people do that? What do we need to know? The number one message that I want anyone listening to this to know is that if you are a U.S. citizen, you have the right to vote. And please do not let anyone tell you otherwise in this election year. Starting in 1975, there was an Overseas Citizens Voting Rights Act that was passed that was supplemented then by another act in 1986, the Uniform Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act. And those guarantee Americans overseas, whether you are a civilian or whether you're with the military, it guarantees you the right to vote. So concretely, what that means is you can you can do the whole process from here. And the good news is, is that you can do it online fairly quickly, five to 10 minutes by going to votefromabroad.org. And you will just type in, for example, your address in the United States, your address in Germany, um, how you'd like to receive your ballot, which we are strongly encouraging email, um, given the uncertainty around the United States Postal Service. Votefromabroad.org, if you go there, it'll walk you through the process. We also have a help desk um, where we offer 24-7 support. And um, so if you do run into any problems, please let us know. We're here to help and make sure that you can exercise your right to vote. And when you say we there, this is Democrats abroad, but could anyone reach out if even if they're not necessarily part of Democrats abroad? Absolutely. So Vote From Abroad is a nonpartisan website. I myself have helped 
three Republicans from Florida navigate the process. At the end of the day, that's part of our civic duty. And when it comes to voter registration, it is more of an American civic duty rather than Democrats versus Republicans. So anyone can use the website. Anyone can request assistance with the voter registration process. I would just note, too, there are some questions we get, and some of you listening might have these. Uh, if you have never lived in the United States, you still can vote as long as you have a U.S. citizenship. So if one of your parents is Americans, you can do that. And in that case, it would default to your parents' address. Some people ask, do I still need to have a residence in the United States? I haven't lived there for several decades. Absolutely. Again, it defaults to the last place that you lived. But you do not need to have a, a current residence in the United States to vote. And if you do go on to vote from abroad and you fill out the forms and you request it per email, that just what does that look like? So they send the ballot per email, but I, I can't imagine you can also send it back by email or can you? All 50 states are required to accept the ballot request form via emails. What happens is you go, you plug in your information, you send it as an email attachment to your local election office in the U.S., and Vote From Abroad provides their information for you based on the information you entered. And then what they will do on September 19th, that's ballot day for overseas citizens, federal law through the MOVE Act requires that all states send ballots to absentee voters on September 19th. So mark that day in your calendar. They'll send it to you as an email attachment. From there, ballot return methods differ significantly from state to state. Some states do allow the ballot itself to be returned as an email attachment. Some, um, particularly some of the big players in this election, like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, they only allow ballots to be returned by postal mail. So specifically from those postal mail return only states, it's important that we, uh, Nicole, you and I, the, the second we get our ballots, that we get it right back in the mail um, to the United States, given the possible delays. Um, so if you're uncertain about how you can receive or send back your ballot, uh, you can also find those resources on votefromabroad.org slash states. Cool. So you could just go to your state that you're from and read up on what their methods are, what's available to you. That's exactly. Cool. It has all the details. Um, so the deadlines and the return methods are listed state by state. This year, um, again, is important for several different reasons, one of which, as you mentioned, there's some potential issues with the U.S. Postal Service. So I, I think this is a situation that's really ongoing. The news is coming in every day of, of you know, things looking one way or another or what, what it's looking like for the next couple months. I know personally, my mom tried to send me something in May. She just got it returned to her a week and a half ago. So it took three months to get to Germany. For whatever reason, it could not be delivered. And mm -hmm. so they had to send it back. And that process took three months. I don't know if that, for instance, has something to do with the fact that, you know, due to Corona, less planes are flying, maybe that's impacting their international service, um, or like international mail, like maybe it doesn't have that much to do with the issues in the postal service. But also maybe it does. And I'm wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about what you know about the situation with the Postal Service, what should people keep in mind? Um, if someone hasn't been following that news, what, what do they need to be made aware of? The biggest thing to be aware of at this moment is that there is um, what I would call a 
really trying to politicize the process of postal mail in the United States that is happening. We've seen in, in the past few weeks, especially efforts from the Trump administration to cut funding to the postal service, which does have a significant impact on how the United States interacts with other countries like Deutsche Post here in Germany um, to guarantee that international mail is being sent in a timely manner. So you might also be wondering, well, what can I do about this? There have been protests going on back in the United States. We are not organizing any protests at the moment due to COVID here, but we are launching a big campaign for people to write to their representatives, write to their governors, ask them to support a funding the postal system and specifically from those states that only allow postal ballot return to allow them to be sent via fax or email. So we have uh, templates, yeah, sample letters, sample conversations that you can use to contact your representatives and governors back home uh, on our website. And I think, yeah, I guess this year, the earlier you can vote, the better, just in case there are delays. Is there a way to check in on your ballot once you do send it off in the mail if you want to make sure that it actually got there? Yeah, so it depends on the carrier that you use. Um, there are private carriers such as UPS or DHL or FedEx where the tracking option is available. I've personally never sent my ballot through one of these private carriers, but I do hear that the tracking becomes very limited once it enters the United States. The other thing to keep in mind with that is that it can be very costly if you're going to send it with a tracking option, it can be upwards of 60, 70 euros. So I, I think the biggest message for this is that you want to, as soon as you get your ballot, already plan on sending it back within 24, 48 hours max, just to allow as much time as possible for the ballot return. Some states also do have a tracking option where uh, you can see the status of your ballot. So it will say pending, it will say received, it will say counted. Um, I know Pennsylvania has had that in previous years. The only thing is that some of them do block foreign IP addresses. So you might need to either ask a friend or family member back home if they can check your status or consider using a VPN to check the status of your ballot. I remember Michelle Obama's speech the other night. She was very clear that people need to be extra proactive this year about doing exactly this, looking into um, way ahead of time, looking into what your options are to vote. Once you do take one of these options, follow through and make sure it was there and got counted. And if not, again, for the people in the States, she said this now famous sentence of, pack, what is it, breakfast and pack dinner and mm-hmm. be prepared to sit out overnight to get your vote in. Obviously, we don't have that option because we cannot be there in person. But I think that gives an idea of how seriously can and should be be taken this year. We're saying make a plan now. And uh, like I said, mark the 19th of September in your calendars. And also that way too, if you've requested a ballot and you don't get it then, you'll know that something might be up if you don't receive it, I would say within a week after that date. And again, that's why we're here at Democrats Abroad, at Vote From Abroad, to help you navigate that process if you don't get your ballot. Yeah, let's say that someone doesn't get their ballot by September 19th. What can they do? What Where should they go? So the good news is, is that there is an emergency ballot that's known as the Federal Write-In Absentee Ballot, where it has the beautiful acronym of FWAB. Um, and <laughs> you can submit a FWAB. We're actually encouraging people from the states I mentioned, like Pennsylvania, with, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, to submit one of these now. Basically, it is, as I mentioned, an emergency ballot. If you don't receive yours, you can 
go to, uh, if you search FWAB online, uh, the form will come up and you have to write in the candidates. So in contrast to a normal ballot, you wouldn't be darkening an oval, you would be writing, my vote for president is for Joseph Biden. But that option is there. So if you don't get your ballot, it is not the end of the world. But again, please be proactive about it and also know that the resources is there. Now, one thing that I've heard from some people living abroad is they don't vote because they don't live there and they maybe feel a little bit of a disconnection in terms of, okay, like, what's the point? Like, why should I be voting? I'm not living there anymore. What What do you say to that? <laughs> I would say that there's just too much on the line this year. Um, I understand that. Uh, I know my first year in Germany, actually, I really wanted to distance myself from the U.S., you know, just because you're trying to learn German and you're trying to fit in and really embrace your the new culture you're living in. But really, this election is not just about the United States. This election is about the future. of It is about American democracy, but also democracy worldwide, about world security. I think in the past few years living here, all of us have had the question, what the heck is going on in the U.S.? How did this happen? Regardless of how you feel about the U.S. right now um, and your relationship personally with the country, I don't think that any of us want to see it going down an authoritarian path. And that's going to have repercussions for our friends and family back home. It's going to have repercussions for our life here in Germany. So I, I think that a lot is riding on this election. And if you have the right to vote, you should certainly be making use of it. The rest of the world is counting on us. To add to that, even if you want to put on blinders and not see a larger picture and you just want to think in terms of your own existence in, in Germany or any other country abroad, there's still things that are going to affect you no matter where you are and no matter how connected or disconnected you are to America. For instance, there's there are multiple things throughout Germany, I can say at least, I don't, I'm not sure about other countries, but I'm sure there too, that's funded by the US that's a part of some people's daily lives, you know, like I know the cultural center in town is a huge part of my life and, and has been since the day I moved here. They're funded in large part through U.S. funds. There's things like even getting international goods, you know, if there's issues going on in, in trade politics, things that you like to eat that are from America might not be there or they might be crazy expensive. Uh, if you want to look into your visa status, you know, a lot of a lot of the way that they arrange who what countries have what rights in what other countries um, in terms of your visa and your right to be there. That at the end of the day comes back to to politics. There are a lot of ripple effects. And, and no matter how disconnected you want to try to be from the U.S., as long as you're still a citizen, you do still have a connection and you're going to feel it one way or the other. So it's really kind of unavoidable. And it's it's a bit short-sighted to think that, oh, just because I don't live there, it doesn't matter. Because it, it does. Again, even if you're just looking inwards and looking at yourself. Though, of course, like you were saying, you know, it's a, it's a much broader issue this year. It's not just about, you know, which policies sound better. It's, it's a question of democracy. And America is still the world leader in, in international relations and politics and all this stuff so whether you like that status that we have or not it exists and we have to take it seriously yeah those are really important issues and especially um the visa one that you mentioned this question of diplomacy and how the trump administration is or better put isn't um upholding some of these diplomatic connections with germany i wouldn't just dismiss it and think that that isn't going to have an impact on how easy it is for americans to travel 
throughout the world or for Americans to easily get access to visas, which we've had the luxury of having for the past few decades. I think we shouldn't take that stuff for granted. And so let's say we've convinced someone who's listening now, they're like, okay, I do care. I am going to (laughs) vote. And what else? You know, what are some other ways that people can be politically active from afar? I mean, this year has been especially heavy in terms of there's a lot happening in the States with Black Lives Matter and all of the different protests going on there. And now with the Post and things like that, there's a lot of big, important things that are happening there. And I know a lot of people have this feeling of, OK, I care. I care a lot, but I'm over here. What what can I do? How can I be politically active? How can I be engaged and involved from where I am? Yeah, no, absolutely. And the good news is that there are plenty of ways for you to get active from anywhere in Germany. You don't have to be in a major city. As I mentioned, voter turnout in 2016 was very low, 7%, and we're doing all we can to up that. So where we need help directly is reaching Americans living overseas. And we have extensive phone banking campaigns, for example, available. They're at no cost to you. And all you're doing is placing a call to members of Democrats abroad and asking, have you requested your absentee ballot? And someone says, yes, I have, or no, I haven't, providing appropriate guidance from there. It's really about reminding one another to vote and holding each other accountable to voting this year. If calling people might not be your thing, we have a lot of voter assistance, volunteer opportunities. So getting trained on some of the processes that I explained before, like completing the ballot request, like submitting an FWAB, that's the federal right in absentee ballot, um, and providing assistance to others. So every Sunday through election day, we're going to be having voter assistance office hours, 24 hours a day. And we need people to staff those as well. So if that's something that catches your attention, check out our website, democratsabroad.org slash DE, and you'll find a link there to how you can get active. There's also other simple things. Um, we have tear-off sheets, business cards, if you want some of those to distribute in your local community. Um, happy to provide those as well. I know I hang some up in my Rava, and there's usually three to four tabs missing the next time I go back. So it's really just uh, educating, and we're looking for more and more people to get active and to use their networks to spread the word about voting from abroad. Yeah, and you can also do that in your sort of private life, just in your social groups, you know, a lot of Americans living abroad are friends with other Americans living abroad. And maybe you don't typically talk about politics, maybe it doesn't seem comfortable to ask if someone's voting or not. But personally, I think it's really important this year to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable and, and ask, you know, are you guys registered to vote? Are you planning to do it? Can I help you in some way? If you don't want to get into the sort of the content of what that voting looks like for them, okay, that can be acceptable too. But again, you can still ask if they're voting. And and if you're hearing this um, podcast and, and you've learned some things that you think would be helpful for other people to know, go ahead and share it. And I know sometimes it's as simple as life gets busy and people lose track of it, right? You know, we're not mm-hmm. in the States being surrounded by 12 screens in every bar and restaurant and three of them are running the news and nine of them are running football, but okay. Um, (laughs) You know, we're we're not totally inundated in the American news cycle unless you've created that within your life, right? It can just be as simple as, oh my gosh, I got busy and I forgot and I missed a deadline. So even if you're just sending a quick message to your group text with your other Americans, that can be really helpful to remind people oh, hey, I did want to do that. Oh, hey, okay, here's the link. I can just click it. Easy. Done. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I know some groups do it where they'll say, oh, we all need to register to vote. You know, let's set aside this time and get together over coffee. I know it's a little different in the COVID times, but yeah, just holding each other accountable. And, it, you know, it can be a fun process, right? I mean, you're really doing something that is for the better of the United States, for the better of the world. And now I want to talk about being inundated or the lack thereof in the news. So for me, it was really and has always been important that I stay pretty active with current events and with the news. And of course, moving abroad cut off in some ways access to things that I might have taken for granted back when I lived in the States. You know that when I was driving, you Mm -hmm. could just flip to a different radio station and hear the news and you actually had a huge selection. It wasn't just, you know, NPR. Okay, good. In some places it really was just NPR, but I lived in a lot of cities where there were multiple different radio stations. And, you know, if you have cable or if you have TV, you can flip through those stations. Um, People get newspapers, people have ads hanging up on the subway or whatever, you know, it's just, it's, it's so in the air, you know, the current events and the news. Then coming to Germany, again, there's a lot of American privilege there where our news is also in the German news, but you have to learn German if you want to be able to read the German newspapers about the American news. So I personally took it on myself to pretty early on find some news that was in German, but about the states that I could engage with to find access to some of my favorite news sources from the U.S. that I could still enjoy and access here. I'll share those in a minute, but I first wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite ways to stay engaged and on top of things while living abroad? Yeah, no, I love that you highlighted that, the contrast between German and American news and how we bridge the two. I do still have it built into my daily routine to read the New York Times, at least catch the biggest headlines uh, every morning when I wake up and every night before I go to bed. I do feel like I cannot watch, you know, we get CNN here on our TV in Munich, but I think, you know, for my mental health, I can't fit into that American news cycle anymore. So I, I do try to limit my news intake, but I do tend to switch over to Fox News sometimes. And I <laughs> I say that uh, with just a little bit of caution, but uh, I, I do try to hear, you know, if you want to understand what's coming out of the other side. Uh, you really need to understand their arguments and their talking points. Um, so occasionally flipping over there and within Germany, I think if you are German speaking, I enjoy, you know, reading the Süddeutsche, the FAZ. And if you're learning German, I love um, Deutsche Welle has a slowly spoken newscast. That's actually how I learned how to, you know, talk a little bit about these issues in German. So yeah, getting a diverse input of your news is important. But I do think, especially with Corona, that also consciously limiting the intake can be important. Yeah, that's so true. I <laughs> I realized at some point, I think I had three or four daily news podcasts and I was like, okay, this is too much. I got I to gotta reel it back in. And it was Corona that helped me realize I was really overwhelmed because that news is, especially at the beginning, it was so overwhelming and it's also so mm-hmm. specific, right? Like different places have very different information to share. So I sort of honed it down a little bit, but some that I would recommend, I also love the, the Slowly Spoken Newscast and I can link to that in the show notes. I think that's really good if you're if you're learning German and it's what, like 10 minutes a day. And it's super interesting to hear the news, not just in German, but from a German perspective, you know. So my other daily news podcast that I've done for a long time is Up First from NPR. It's also just 15 minutes and they take three of the top news stories. It was really interesting for me to listen to what Up First was covering and which international stories they would mention versus what 
the slowly sp uh, langsam gesprochenen Nachrichten, it's called in German, the slowly spoken newscast, um, what they were covering about German news and about international news and sometimes, you know, American news, what was important to them versus there would be times where up first would talk about something in Germany. Um, and when was it, when did it reach that threshold and not? So anyway, that you can totally nerd out about <laughs> and I will undo, <laughs> but that can be a really fun and compact way to, to stay in touch. And now that I've fallen down the deep end uh, with it all, I've added in the New York Times podcast. So they also have a daily podcast called The Daily. That one's a bit longer. It's a bit more of a commitment. So it's about 30 minutes and it's about one certain topic. And then at the end, they just give an overview of the news. But that can be good if you want to get a deeper look into certain issues. If you are able, well, this one doesn't cover as much um, international news, but another good German news source is Tagesschau. It's a TV mm -hmm. show, but they also have a podcast version that you can tune into. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love the Tagesschau because I grew up watching the CBS evening news every night at 6.30. And that was like, that was the one time slot in our household that remained consistent. And uh, I do enjoy <laughs> it, you know, in the evening, eight o'clock, you hear the bell and you know, it's time for the 15 minutes of Tagesschau. And uh, <laughs> sometimes it's nice to get that as your, you know, your news rather than this 24-7 information. You have everything very short and concise and what you need to know about the day is there. Um. If you're if you're old school, you can actually subscribe to the International New York Times. It is the International New York Times and not the New York Times. So there's some slight differences there. And um, it's a bit more like editorial and discussion of things than current events because there's just certain delays in the printing and the shipping because it's, yeah, international. <laughs> But that's also an option. And of course, like you mentioned, even just going onto the website and, and looking at what the headlines are and reading some some articles there. But I would really encourage people to integrate something into their life, be it a podcast, be it a website, be it a newsletter. I know I used to subscribe to The Skim, which is a daily, short, very sassily written <laughs> news update. Yeah, I mean, especially in the digital era, there's truly not really an excuse to to not engage at least in some way and to have some form of, of connection to what's going on. Awesome. So before we wrap up, I want to give you a chance. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that's important to know that you want to make sure that we get to? Just the most important message from my side and ask for anyone who's listening is that you register to vote, that you don't let anyone tell you you can't vote if you are a U.S. citizen, regardless of whether you've lived there or how long you've been overseas. And also that you just help us spread the word. Again, we need to we need to find out who these 120,000 Americans are in Germany and get them voting. So it's really an all hands on deck effort. And we are appreciative for any help you can offer in terms of getting Americans registered to vote. Yes. And in a year that feels like so much is out of our hands, and everything's just kind of crap, and we can do nothing about it. Here's something that we can do. Feels really good <laughs> to finally have something back in your hands. <laughs> We've been frustrated the past three and a half years. And you know, these next two and a half months, this is it. This is our chance to really take back the White House to put the US back on track. So I think our motto is, you know, let's really do everything we can now to guarantee that that's going to happen. Okay, so now for some, <laughs> actually, no, I have some politically themed Zach, Zach, Zach. I was going to say that, you know, some less political or, or, or heavy topics, but no, I kept the theme going in our rapid fire question round <laughs> where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it, just go with your gut. 
Are you ready for them? I am. Okay, if you could vote for the best summer travel destination sans Corona, Corona is not a thing in this theoretical question world, where would you vote for? Cyprus. Number two, who is your favorite political talk show host? Ooh, that's pretty tricky because now I'm stuck in the German mindset mentality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that we were just talking about the Tagesschau, I, I love my Tagesschau hosts. It's really dry, but I feel like I've <laughs> grown up, quote unquote, in Germany with people like uh, Jan Hofra and Ingo Zamperoni. As a people like that, I, they have guided me through learning German. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) Okay, and finally, if you could go to brunch with one politician, who would you go to brunch with? Who are you having a mimosa with? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I'd pick Bernie Sanders. What do you think he would order? I feel like he'd get a waffle. Yeah, he'd get a waffle and probably just a cup of coffee. (laughs) Something very standard. Something very grandpa standard. Oh, that was a good answer. Very good. Okay. So we mentioned it before, but let's mention it again. Where, what website should people go to? And um, if you can also give us some social media handles where people can go ahead and follow you guys and then also get in contact if they have any questions for you. Yeah. So the biggest thing to request your ballot is votefromabroad.org. If you're looking to get politically active specifically with Democrats Abroad, you can go to democratsabroad.org. And if you want the Germany page, just add a slash DE on the end of that, democratsabroad.org slash DE. You can follow us on Twitter at DemsAbroadDE. We're also on Facebook, uh, DA Germany, and Instagram as well. Yeah, and I think uh, any listeners who are tuning in from not Germany, also just search in your social media platform of choice, Democrats Abroad, and then your country's name, because I uh, I think I follow several different ones. There, Yeah, like we said at the top, y'all are all over. So there's a good chance that there's social media from the those places as well. Yes. And if there isn't, we are an all-volunteer-run organization. So we are welcoming help in new corners of the country as well, or new, new corners of the world, rather. <laughs> so... Yes. Feel free to jump in. I love it. Awesome. Well, Candace, thank you so much for coming on and doing this episode. It really means a lot to me to be able to use this podcast to try to get things going, such as voting. And I know you're putting in so much work all the time. So first off, yeah, thank you for that. And second off, thank you for bringing that work onto this podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. Glad to have participated. Thanks one more time to Candace for coming onto the show and sharing with us all this incredibly helpful information. Please heed her call to action, heed my call to action. Listeners, if you are an American citizen, please vote this year, use the tips she gave us. And as said, if you have any questions, there's plenty of places that you can reach out. Those are linked to in the show notes. You could also reach out to me at the ExpatCast on Instagram and on Twitter, and I will do my best to forward you to the appropriate person. If that route is easier for you to get your questions answered, really any anything that Candace or I can do to help you get your vote out this year, we want to do it. One final reminder, if you want to participate in the season finale, you've got a couple more days to reach out to me about that. Again, the ExpatCast on social media, theexpatcast at gmail.com to send me an email. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. I hope that you found it helpful and I hope you'll tune in again next week. A new episode will be out on Thursday and this is going to be all about what it is like to be dating as a foreigner in Germany. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bis dann. Tschüss.